0: everybody out there in dreamland this is rumors of war 1987 thank you all very much for your viewership and tuning in again to listen to another episode of rumors of instinct the best podcast for paranormal disclosure in all its myriad various shapes and forms um, from the paranormal to the occult to conspiracy theories, to true crime, to every kind of personal eyewitness or or personal experience, um, encounter or insight that we can, uh, find, as well as bringing you the most, um, relevant, as well as hopefully the most obscure, uh, variations, uh, of these topics and specifics, you know, subjects that we can find, we hope to um, bring to you the audience of Rumors of Instinct, a distinct and unique experience that will leave you feeling awarded, leave you feeling accomplished, leave you feeling as if though you've learned just something new, hopefully something new, but if it also uh, strikes a chord with you, maybe something that you've recently discovered or something you've been thinking about for many a moon, definitely let us know, reach out to us, and um, we hope to kind of include um, as many people into the uh, conversation as possible from all walks of life, from all beliefs. That being said... I have introduced myself already. Rumors of War, 1987. Thank you all very much. Namaste and shalom. Um, Be flying solo once again this week uh, due to scheduling. And today I'm going to be not having a guest either, so this is going to be a complete solo flight, and the show may be a little different than the pattern that we've already created, what with the guests and the conversations. But I thought today it will be a great opportunity for me to discuss with you, whether, you know, you may have been familiar with it or not, the phenomenon of predictive programming, of disclosure, and of how deep and influential the truth and reality is when you start putting together the pieces that make up the puzzle That is the breakaway civilization, the secret space program, and the truth of the MyLabs, the human abductions, and the uh, true, true nature of um, these powers to be, these forces of control, which really do operate humanity or Earth, the Earth that we know it, you know, life as we know it. As a um, game reserve to gestate and mature entire generations of future pilots and personnel of all stripes and ranks and positions, rates, MOSs, um, specialties... Technical education, skills, engineering, uh, qualifications, etc. Everything from nuclear engineers to culinary experts drafted into a war with extra-dimensional, extraterrestrial beings best described in their accounts and descriptions located in ancient religion, ancient mythology, and the ancient occult practices that make up the ancient mystery schools. The ancient mystery school adepts and initiates the masters and the worshipers of such secrets um, control this operation due to their expertise in these occult and um, highly, highly spiritual matters. Because what we know as spiritual matters is really extra-dimensional matters. And what we know as extra-dimensional matters from the aspect of science, from the perspective of science, is really a spiritual practice and a spiritual fabric of reality. And that this matrix is not a matrix of complete illusion, because nothing can truly hide the truth. It is one of suspension of disbelief of including a general generality or generalizing uh, spirit into the hearts of every man to uh, create in them an ego, to create in them a locus for relativism so that the other things that are true, the things outside this person, the things that are, quote-unquote, the real world, seem alien and unbelievable. And thus... Always on the outside of whatever they are willing to bring in. Now, um, that is my take on soft disclosure, or what you would call it, uh, disclosure, veiled disclosure, occult disclosure, and predictive programming. Both together, in a nutshell, they're two different concepts, but together they basically make up the secret society revealing the truth via the same instrument they are using to condition and, um, confuse and, uh, corral the human species. This is not done from a truly extraterrestrial, um, uh, mission either. This is done by humanity. It's just the higher aspects of nobility, the higher aspects of the ruling class, and, um... Its intentional stratification of society to perpetuate and to keep basically uh, a constantly regenerative, self sustaining um, people farm for talent at the sacrifice of knowledge and wisdom and the sacrifice of freedom. Um, it is the triumph of slavery. As the system in which humanity operates under and it's the uh, reason the explanation for the very secrecy itself why are these things kept secret because they imply human slavery why are they successful because they operate with human slavery why are they possible because they operate with human slavery why are they, you know, uh, probable? Why are they, like, you know, uh, why are they likely to be occurring? Because they operate with human slavery, and that's been operating since time immemorial. The very first days of mankind are days of the uh, subjugation of humanity by the priest classes. The very ancient mystery adepts and worshipful masters that created the ancient uh, religions of the world, the ancient faiths of Sumer and Babylon and Kush um, and ancient Egypt and Atlantis, these people with knowledge of the, out- the truth in the outside world, as it were, the ones that have uh, you know passed, been passed down the secrets of, of all life, um, have always sought to enslave mankind in ignorance so that they can forever be mortal in their knowledge and mastery of this, uh, you know, secret, this ancient mystery. Um, So, to really kind of uh, get past that point of the, the predictive programming angle and get right into it, because I believe a lot of people listening to this Uh, This isn't their first rodeo, and I give you guys the utmost respect and confidence. So, uh, you know, if you do have to have it explained, um, simply pause it and Google it, the subject. Um, But these are higher-level concepts that I hope people are actually able to uh, incorporate in their daily worldviews when addressing subjects like this. Like, I believe... It's you have to do more than just understand that predictive programming is real or soft disclosure is occurrence. You have to then start re-examining all media and movies for elements of soft disclosure and predictive programming. Then you have to start reviewing all future events as a part of this grand master plan of predictive programming and etc. Then you start having to start seeing outside of your own borders. If you believe in a one-world government like I do you believe all nations Are aiding this plan are are involved in this plan have their own independent plans which are uh, the same designs shared but ultimately serving the same master the singular master of the one world government the secret space program Atlantis rising uh, the Neo Babylonian solar warden the solar cult of you know extraterrestrial technology Time dilation, alternative timelines, um, the, the, the classic Solar Warden um, secret space program battle fleets controlled by the U.S. military, particularly the U.S. Navy, and um, in conjunction with the Greys and the Ashtar High Command, typically at war with the greater species nation, species slash nation of the Orion Draco reptilians. And our involvement in conscription as a species into the reptilian wars. And specifically are being targeted in things of called the Frequency Wars or the Rabbit Wars. Um, where uh, we are resisting and independently as well as Ashtar allies. Um, the aggressions on multiple dimensional levels of the Orion Draco race. Some of which is uh, only a fraction of which, only a very small percentage of actually occurs in the 3D material world. Most of it occurring on the 4D material world, a uh, time world, the quantum world, are the 5D incorporation of um, multiple quantum realities. Uh, but humanity is a fifth and sixth dimension creature, so whatever occurs between the third dimension and the sixth dimension is within the vision. It's within the sensory range of humanity, the human species, the human mind, the human psychological subconscious that we all share and thus is transcribable and, you know, teachable is learnable. It's, uh, you know, searchable and, uh, by anyone who wishes to search for this knowledge and when the knocks at the door to the Akashic Records will be served by uh, Toth, T-H-O-T-H Toth or Toth, however you pronounce it and uh, be given that wisdom. The same thing for those that knock on the uh, door for wisdom in the name of Isis or in the name of Jehovah or the name of Jesus Christ. The Akashic Records answers those who knock on the door uh, no matter who brings it to the door It's the library for all human nature and all human events Because of this, I believe that this predictive programming effort Is not the efforts of whistleblowers or people That are seeking to disclose what they know But I believe that the truth flows through them Because they ask the muses Demonic forces, Lucifer Um his station have been the archangel over light and creation, um, to deliver upon them the you know the greatest stories ever told. And I believe the greatest stories, the only stories really ever told are always true stories. And so these muses deliver to them true stories, which seems so fantastic because our reality is so confused and diluted, watered down with nonsense and triviality, and is such a fraction of the possibilities and the potential of humanity, and the, in fact, it's, it's such a fractional understanding of the cosmos, you know, at the basic level, the elementary level, that The sheer intoxication that one feels upon examining the truth becomes obsession with what is known as obsession with with fantasy and with fictional universes because it resonates so strongly with the individual because it plucks such a true note that all the untuned strings that can be plucked or played otherwise Will never sound as sweet as that one truly resonating, clear moment of correctness. The same thing is saying that if you lived your life as a spiritually, um, you know, anarchic person with little to no correct uh, spiritual like teachings or, or leanings or education, that um, you too could know the absolute you know, divinity of God and the correct ways to live, but it would be a process of trial and error. Just like you could be taught an entire doctrine or dogma of spiritual practice such as Buddhism, and still, likewise, have to run through entire lifetimes of trial and error before you reach divinity. Divinity. It's simply about the desire to reach that state of being, to reach that state of mukti or nirvana or wisdom or enlightenment that produces real results. And I believe that creatives, people who write, people who make films, people who write music, they have a very strong inner desire to accomplish these feats, to reach this Akashic library and to knock on the door. It may be surely just to profit from it, surely to attain earthly gain and glory. And yes, they pay for that in their own time. Uh, that's between them and God. Uh, but at the same time, it is accomplishable. It's proven. It's seeable. You know, it's observable in the fact that certain creative figures can come with the most absolutely accurate. Uh, Confessions are disclosures of the protective programming, of the secret space programming, and uh, breakaway civilizations of, uh, of the real world, seemingly having channeled that information from divine sources. Um, so let us get into it. I guess today we'll be talking about, that. this brings us into our real subject, Neon Genesis Evangelion the legendary and epic anime from Japan, its message of the secret space program, breakaway civilization, and child slavery, child pilot slavery um, realities, including environments such as underground cities, pyramids, housing supercomputers, And fallen angels. Concepts like angels being aliens, uh, which seeded life across the universe, aliens being located in Antarctica, Uh, children being used for their DNA and their, um, I guess you would call it, um, capabilities to psychologically or psychically engage with living hybrid biological uh, and mechanical weapons made from alien DNA the aliens being named and referenced as symbolically important religious figures such as Lilith Adam the ultimate goal of a secret world organization to bring about the unity and uh, oneness, our next evolution of human consciousness and the psychic awakening of creating a god in man's image. This event being known as the third impact. Cloning um Very pedophilic overtones. Uh, Things like deep Freudian psychological elements and Lacanian psychology, including the ego, the id, and the superego dynamics of the human psyche, otherwise known as the uh, trinity of the different minds. Religious symbolism and iconography from ancient Hebrew, Kabbalah, Christianity, and Shinto religions. This is all just what's inside this anime. This is all just what's included in one season of 20-plus episodes. I think there's like 24, 25, 26 of the original episodes. Um, this this show was published, presented uh, in 1997, since then, it has gone on to make trillions of yen. Trillions of yen. I understand that the currency exchange is different than ours, but it's still billions of United States dollars in, in revenue. And so as a product, it is extremely widespread and lucrative. Um, Kind of like Japan's Star Wars, in which it's very much built on merchandise and um, being included elsewhere in society, such as arcade games and clothing and toys. This is to say that this is not an obscure title, this is not an obscure uh, intellectual property, and is generally considered one of the most popular Anime with non-anime viewers. So if you are not a fan of Japanimation or anime or cartoons or animation and you think this is not something for you, mind you, this is the this is considered very very popular and mainstream in Japan so that it's not that this is how J- Japan is weird it's just that people who generally don't associate with even that community inside this country will still appreciate and um, respect this film for a for what it is and that's an element of Japanese cinema it's a contribution to the, the world of entertainment and literature and culture uh, purely from a Japan Japanese aesthetic worldview, and it's absolutely um, genre-shattering in that respect. It's like a very rare thing to really conceptualize something that is not only the best its genre can be, but excels and appealing to fans who are not, you know, like like uh, people who just generally just do not like the genre it's in. Um that being said, it can be found uh, being quote-unquote literally everywhere, but uh, at the same time there is so much to it. Multiple timelines, multiple revisions and edits, uh, four movies, four uh, four planned motion-length films, including one um, uh, uh, film-length reimagination of the first series. And so... Really, like I'm saying, this this is an intellectual property that is only one season long. Originally published in 1997, but since 1997 has been continually worked on, revisited, and uh, re-edited and released uh, in various different forms, including four motion length, uh, motion picture length, big budget titles that delve further into the mythos and um, characterization. These elements of the breakaway civilization... These elements of the secret space program... Including child slavery... Cloning... um, Covering up... uh, Battles or warfare with extraterrestrials... uh, The psychic... uh, Awakening of humanity... Secret organizations working toward cult ends... Etc. etc. For those that have eyes to see... It's immediately apparent... For those that don't, you might think that it's very cliche, scientific, or science fiction, especially anime, settings. But one kind of forgets that this was the one thing that helped to make those cliches, that helped to make those settings so popular and prevalent. Yes, those concepts had existed before 1997, but this was the one that use those for what they truly meant. Like Yes, there have been always giant robot aspects of anime. Correct. But confessed by the creator of this that he had his hands tied having to make a cliche anime, but then did his best to subvert those expectations, obviously using an attempt to stifle his creativity to show his peak of creativity, is blossoming his potential in creating his masterpiece, which would be Neon Genesis Evangelion. To put it shortly, this is by far the most influential piece of predictive programming, I think, that has ever been created, second only to the more nebulous and conceptual Elements of Star Wars, which can be said to be predictive programming and to be disclosure in their ways of breaking down the ancient mystery religion of ethics and the ancient history of the spacefaring race that you know created the galaxy as we know about it. Uh, say, for example, the prevalence of the humanity throughout the stars, the hu- prevalence of um, human militarism. Uh, versus psychic awakening uh, you know, liberationists Um, but even then I think that for a more accurate tightly focused picture of a secret space program Neon Genesis Evangelion this is your uh, this is your best example of this I cannot rate this highly enough and I will kind of start breaking down now but we will hopefully take a small break to play a small interlude of the music throughout this. As I'm going solo, so I'm going to have to kind of take care of my voice and as well as uh, pace myself when it comes to uh, disclosure of this. So thank you all very much for those who have listened so far and who intend to take the full ride. Here is some music breaking down the lo-fi um, variations on Themes from Neon Genesis Evangelion, that'll be the music going throughout the show, will be lo-fi variations of themes from Neon Genesis Evangelion. In the background, you are hearing um, Eclectic Electronic from the Stingray Music Channel, and um, it's nothing special, I'm just letting it play. In the background, and the auto, I'm not even picking up a song, so hopefully, it's not too much of a distraction. But here is a musical interlude by the lo fi workings on Neon Genesis Evangelion. Okay, now we're back. Rumors of War, 1987, here with the facts. And I'm going to be speaking once again about the Neon Genesis Evangelion plot and how it relates to the secret space program and the breakaway civilization. Now, to put the plot's summary up, you know, without any kind of preamble, would be just simply to be reading the the article to you without any kind of context if you haven't seen it. Now, to kind of put it into greater perspective, you know what? I'm going to need some help, and I'm going to need my good friend Alex Jones to help me out with this. Now, Alex Jones has agreed to speak only for two minutes and 13 seconds about this, but he hopefully can can really take advantage of this opportunity to kind of get it off his chest, this very intricate and mighty uh, plot. So, without further ado, you know, he's been drinking black coffee and doing push ups, so hopefully he can, you know, be on top of his games. Alex Jones, will you uh, explain to everyone the plot of Neon Genesis Evangelion?
1: But there's this big war trying to, like, basically destroy humanity because humanity has free will and there's a decision to which level we want to go to. We have free will, so evil's allowed to come and contend, not just good. And the elites themselves believe they're racing. Well, using human technology to try to take our best minds and build some type of breakaway civilization where they're going to merge with machines, transcend, and break away from the failed species that is man, which is kind of like a false transmission because they're thinking what they are is ugly and bad, projecting it onto themselves instead of believing, no, it's a human test about building us up. And so Google was set up. 18, 19 years ago. this was I knew about this before it was declassified. I'm just saying I have good sources. That they wanted to build a giant artificial system. And Google believes that the first artificial intelligence will be a supercomputer based on the neuron activities of the hive mind of humanity with billions of people wired into it with the Internet of Things. And so all of our thoughts go into it. And we're actually building a computer that has real neurons in real time that's also psychically connected to us that are organic creatures. Features so that they will have current prediction powers, future prediction powers, a true crystal ball but the big secret is once you have a crystal ball and know the future you can add stimuli beforehand and make decisions that control the future and so then it's the end of consciousness and free will for individuals as we know and a true 2.0 in a very bad way hive mind consciousness with an AI jacked into everyone knowing our hopes and dreams delivering it to us not in some PKD wirehead system where we plug in and give up on consciousness because of unlimited pleasure but because we were already wired in and absorbed before we knew it by giving over our consciousness to this system by our daily decisions that it was able to manipulate and control into a larger system. There's now a human counter-strike taking place to shut this off before it gets fully into place and to block these systems and to try to have an actual debate about where humanity goes and cut off the pedophiles and psychic vampires that are control of this AI system before humanity's destroyed. Wait a minute. If you don't see me, you're nuts.
0: Okay, and I hope you guys... Um, got all of that, you know. Um, because that is the, that is the plot that we're dealing with. That is the level of storytelling that we are dealing with, uh, in Neon Genesis Evangelion. Yes, there are giant robots. Yes, there are high school age Japanese kids. But they're working towards those agendas as players in that game. Now, seems like a lot to take in. I agree. It is one of those levels of graduation, the top tier of real entertainment and disclosure and programming. Um... So let's begin. According to the wiki, the wikipedia, the gestalt and orthodox consensus of reality that our masters are so gracious to let us have in this Silicon Valley controlled nation of ours. Evangelion is set 15 years after a worldwide cataclysm. ...particularly in the futuristic fortified city of Tokyo 3. The protagonist is Shinji, a teenage boy who was recruited by his father Gendo to the shadowy organization Nerve... ...to pilot a giant bio-machine mecha called an Evangelion into combat with alien beings called Angels... The series explores the experiences and emotions of Evangelion pilots and members of NERV as they try to prevent angels from causing more cataclysms. In the process they are called upon to understand the ultimate causes of events and the motives for human action. It recasts the saintly inventor father as a sinister figure and the enthusiastic teenage protagonist as a vacillating introvert a deconstruction of classic mecha anime tropes. The series features archetypical imagery derived from Shinto cosmology, as well as Jewish and Christian mystical traditions, including Madrashic tales, Kabbalah, and Gnosticism. The psychoanalytic theories of Freud and Jung are also prominently discussed. Neon Genesis Evangelion received critical acclaim but also garnered controversy, mm-hmm. particularly controversial the last two episodes of the show. In 1997, Hadeko Anno and Gannix released the feature film The End of Evangelion, providing an alternative ending for the show. This is what I was speaking about, how it has a lot of alternatives and the timelines get really examined and explored throughout the, the years from 1997 onward without them really ever changing the core of the story. Plot. In 2015, 15 years after a global cataclysm known as the Second Impact, teenager Shinji Ikari is summoned to the futuristic city of Tokyo 3 by his estranged father Gendo Ikari, director of the special paramilitary force NERV. Shinji witnesses United Nations forces battling an angel one of a race of giant monstrous beings whose awakening was foretold by the Dead Sea Scrolls. Because of the angels near impenetrable force fields, Nerve's giant Evangelion biomachines, synchronized to the nervous systems of their pilots and possessing their force fields, are the only weapons capable of keeping the angels from annihilating humanity. Nerve officer Masato Katsuguri, escorts Shinji into the nerve complex beneath the city, where his father pressures him into piloting the Evangelion Unit-01 against the Angel. Without training, Shinji is quickly overwhelmed in the battle, causing the Evangelion to go berserk and savagely kill the Angel on its own. Following hospitalization, Shinji moves in with Masato and settles into life in Tokyo-3. In his second battle, Shinji destroys an angel but runs away afterwards, distraught. Masato confronts Shinji and he decides to remain a pilot. The nerve crew and Shinji must then battle and defeat the remaining 14 angels to prevent the third impact, a global cataclysm that would destroy the world. Evangelion unit 00 is repaired shortly afterwards. Shinji tries to befriend its pilot, the mysterious, socially isolated teenage girl, Rei Ayaname. Uh, Ayaname. With Rei's help, Shinji defeats another angel. They are then joined by the pilot of Evangelion Unit 02, the multi-talented but insufferable teenager, Asuka Langley Soroyo, who is German-Japanese-American. Together, the three of them manage to defeat several angels. As Shinji adjusts to his new role as a pilot, he gradually becomes more confident and self-assured. Asuka moves in with Shinji and they begin to develop confusing feelings for one another, kissing at her provocation. After being absorbed by an angel, Shinji breaks free thanks to the Eva acting on its own. He is later forced to fight an infected Evangelion unit 03 and watches its pilot, his friend and classmate, Toji Sazurahara, incapacitated and presumably permanently disabled. Asuka loses her self-confidence following a defeat and spirals into depression. This is worsened by her next fight against an angel which attacks her mind and forces her to uh, relive her worst fears and childhood traumas, resulting in a mental breakdown. In the next battle... Rei self-destructs Unit 00, and dies to save Shinji's life. Masato and Shinji visit the hospital where they find Rei alive, but claiming she is the third Rei. Masato forces scientist Ratsuko Akagi to reveal the dark secrets of Nerve, the Evangelion boneyard, and the dummy plug system which operates using clones of Rei who was herself created with the DNA of Shinji's mother, Yui Ikari. This succession of events leaves Shinji emotionally scarred and alienated from the rest of the characters. Kararu Nagasi replaces the catatonic Asuka as a pilot of Unit-02. Kararu who initially befriends Shinji and gains his trust, is in truth the final foretold angel, Tabris. Kawaru fights Shinji, then reali- realizes that he must die if humanity is to survive, and asks Shinji to kill him. Shinji hesitates, but eventually kills Kawaru, causing Shinji to be overridden with guilt. After the final angel is defeated, Sile. The mysterious Cabal overseeing the events of the series triggers the Human Instrumentality Project. A forced evolution of humanity in which the souls of all mankind are merged for the benevolent purposes. Believing that if unified, humanity could finally overcome the loneliness and alienation that has eternally plagued mankind. Shinji's soul grapples with the reason for his existence. And he reaches an epiphany that he needs others to thrive and survive, enabling him to destroy the wall of negative emotions that torment him and finally reunite him with the others who all congratulate him. And that's a very Matrix-breaking moment. The idea that um, he is basically at a state of godhood and death at the same time, a self-extermination of the simple physical ego and concept of identity and chooses to basically remain in the 3D remain with his own self and chooses life over death but in this newer incarnation the one thing that he has changed is the fact that he is no longer depressed but in fact uh, ecstatic and, and joyous at the chance to exist as our Everyone else around him. Uh, kind of creating for him a utopia. His own heaven. As well as maintaining the illusion of his own life. And his own uh, normalcy. When in fact this, it could be easily interpreted to be. Um, him as his now own god. Creating his own world. But not with the removal of himself, but the basically crowning himself as the new messiah or savior of this reality. The reality that he was made by. The reality that he suffered through to create the perfect reality by himself, for himself. Very much symbolic of Christ raising himself from the dead. And uh, opening the gates of heaven personally to to ascend to the right, you know, hand of his father. Um, kind of as a test for his own worth, validity, and supremacy. Now, these are very heavy concepts, of course. Like I said, concepts that you're not normally going to find in your regular run-of-the-mill animes. I know this is an audio-only podcast, but I hoped that if you are sitting at home listening to this, that you quickly Google Neon Genesis Evangelion and symbolism and witness the levels of Christian and uh, Shinto and Kabbalah uh, symbolism, including Yggdrasil, the Tree of Life, the Sephiroth, the Merkaba, the Mandela, um, the Cross uh concepts of crucifixion, of self sacrifice and martyrdom, um the the ideas of the Apocrypha, everything from Enochian, you know, summoning circles and, and uh the the whole idea of the concept of the heavenly choirs to uh, ancient aliens and panspermia to um DNA, the human genome, these things are all heavily, heavily shown rather than spoken about. What we were able to discuss in the plot, what I was able to read, um, what was written is just the surface of the ocean that is the experience of watching this, having any education or initiation into secret brotherhood societies, ancient religious uh, rites, occult practices such as Telemma or the OTO in fact if anyone is out there that has read a lot of Telemma or Alistair Crowley's work and they watch the Machinations of Nerve and Sile I think they will instantly recognize the, the do what thou wilt mantra and the idea of the coming of the fifth age from the theosophists that so heavily inspired them very prominently displayed very prominently celebrated as virtuous this is also at the angel of it too is that for being a secret space program breakaway civilization society this is actually a propaganda film for the the promotion of these deeds the necessity of these deeds if yes you can see that they are inherently unjust and there's no way to around that but they still imply that to achieve such drastic and impressive Goals such as the unification of the human spirit that the heavens and the earths and life itself has to basically be controlled at every angle by these men, by this society, by this technology, and that you know heaven itself would war against them very much in the symbolism of the Tower of Babel or the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah uh, to prevent this. Hearkening back to the old testament the 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 uh, the tanakh you know the core books of the old testament the exodus and wisdom and the conquest of the holy lands you know up to the great deluge uh and past that up to the up to the you know campaigns of joshua up to the uh um uh, rectification of nineveh the uh the prophets and the judges and the kings from, you know, Solomon uh, down towards uh, the appearance of Jesus Christ himself in the Old Testament, you know, the creation of the new. Uh, This was, it's very much hearkening back to a truer nature of this cosmic intelligence that we know as God, that we know as the heavenly orders, and that now we know as extraterrestrials, now we know as intergalactic federations of the Ashtar High Command, you know, now we know this, uh, coming from our perspective of the secret space program, and and I understand clearly what they're showing and they're trying to educate us as this ancient alien philosophy is actually ancient mystery religions and ancient mystery prophecies, including the encounters with heavenly beings or extra-dimensional beings, beings with the capital O other uh, physicality, the beings that were basically, madness incarnate, um, for purposes that were, you know, that had the entire future of mankind at stake, or implied, uh, destinies of, of entire peoples, let alone destinies of the entire planet. Now, we're gonna take a short break, and then we'll begin to discuss the second films, as well as the Thor, third, and, uh, how this relates to uh, SSP testimony and I guess we'll just have enough time to get into uh, the surface of that including the testimony of Max Spears, Sarah Rachel Adams Thomas Casbolt, and other uh, recent within the last decade super soldier program uh, survivors and whistleblowers as well as the predominant uh, trend and direction that the energy of the Breakaway Civilization Disclosure Movement is taking in regards to what's been predictively programmed in efforts like this media towards um, what will be happening in the future. What, what is happening now. You know, what is happening in the past, what is happening in the present, what will be soon happening in the future. So we'll be back in, in just a short few minutes thank you all very much for listening so far. I've been Rumors of War, 1987. Namaste and Shalom. Here is some music and maybe a commercial. <laughs> Very much for being patient. We are now back. Um, Alex Jones has returned to the studio, and he says he wants to retry to explain the magnum opus of culture that is Neon Genesis Evangelion, our subject for discussion uh, on today's episode of Rumors of Instinct, available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes. As well as many others, including Anchor. Basically, wherever good podcasts are found, as well as uploaded to my YouTube channel, Rumors of War 1987. I highly recommend you peruse and search out that YouTube channel, my creative uh, darling, my flagship. And um, it's where I upload all my videos and have uploaded all my work regarding the subject of the Breakaway Civilization, the Secret Space Program, and um, my own personal musings on basically life as a 40 veteran, life as an SSP survivor, life as a illuminated Gnostic soul trying to simply survive by expressing and balancing what I know to be truth with the experience of this game reserve this anti-Eden, the wilderness that we were basically exiled to being the product of Lilith and Samael. The Lilin, which is also a specific point mentioned in Neon Genesis Evangelion that I have never found anywhere else but is absolutely accurate to the truth of the ancient mystery religions in schools, is that we are not the inheritors of the world Generated by Adam and Eve. We are not descendants of Eve. As humanity. As the human race. We are descendants of Lilith. And we are descendants of Samael. Samael. Known as Saturn. And Lilith. Known as Isis. Or Isis. Or Zuzu. So basically we are. A product of. Saturn, Kronos, and Lilith, or Isis, or Isuzu. Let that sink in. Because that is absolutely the disclosure and the elements of the occult, which are featured front stage and center in the lore, the mythology of Neon Genesis Evangelion. Like I said, no simple mecha anime, no simple teenage drama, no simple sci-fi escapism or monster of the week episodes. For those that have eyes to see, Neon Genesis Evangelion is a masterpiece of apocryphal Gnostic disclosure. Alex Jones wishes to re-attempt his explanation to do it justice. And I am giving him a further three minutes. Because this is my program, Rumors of Instinct, not the Alex Jones show. He can go to Infowars and do his own show. He's here, just hanging out, and he wants to uh, chime in because, you know, he digs it so much. He's grooving so hard, so, you know... I figured I might throw him a bone and just give him less than five minutes of airtime. So, Alex, you got you ready? You got your headphones on. Let's proceed. Give it your best shot.
1: Please, deep, deep research, approximation. Once again, what do you think? The elite are all about transcendence and living forever, and the secrets of the universe, and they want to know all this. And we're on this planet, and it's trying to get up into the third dimension. That's just a basic level consciousness to launch into the next levels. And our species is already way up at the fifth, sixth dimension, consciously, our best people. But there's this big war trying to, like, basically destroy humanity because humanity has free will, and there's a decision to which level we want to go to. We have free will, so evil's allowed to come and contend, not just good. And the elites themselves believe they're racing we're using human technology to try to take our best minds and build some type of breakaway civilization where they're going to merge with machines, transcend, and break away from the failed species that is man. And so... Google was set up 18, 19 years ago this was I knew about this before it was declassified I'm just saying I've good sources that they wanted to build a giant artificial system and Google believes that the first artificial intelligence will be the hive mind of humanity with billions of people wired into it with the internet of things and so all of our thoughts go into it and so then it's the end of consciousness and free will for individuals as we know and a true 2.0 in a very bad way hive mind consciousness there's now a human counter strike taking place to shut this off before it gets fully into place and to block these systems and to try to have an actual debate about where humanity goes and cut off the pedophiles and psychic vampires that are control of this AI system before humanity is destroyed. Wait, the, the fallen one that's out of this world is giving them advanced what? knowledge what without how to construct these you know, is, systems that have that? already been used before on other what populations. This is an interdimensional force that wants to influence us to build something that absorbs us and kills us rather than the divine... Uh, 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 okay. Free will yeah. were given to build something much better that empowers the, the species. What the elite admit the New York Times they believe in is this, you know, uh, okay. seeded by off-world systems. pan yeah. Yes, everything yeah. everything they're doing points towards this. And then you read their own writings. They believe we're this ugly, fallen, ugly species. Okay. We're only to be killed. They're the rich billionaires who are better than us, and they're going to merge with machines and become gods and go to the next level. I don't
0: want to get in trouble from Spotify for having their little golden boy Joe Rogan speak at a turn. But yes, hopefully you guys playing the home game got to hear at least a little bit more elaborate of a, uh, or hear him elaborate a little more on the principles he was talking about. But that is absolutely um, Neon Genesis in a a completely summarized uh, form and i believe that um, really the first film and the first series if you can catch it like summarized they all tell the same story it's it's not impossible to um, see what is going on through any version all versions are adequately you know good translations even though they vary a little bit they vary they have difference in um, aesthetic, and they have difference in imagery um, as well as runtime, etc. But they all basically tell the, the same story. So, to kind of break it down, it's trilogy aspects of it because I really love trilogies, even though this is a tetralogy by concept, it has been eight years currently, since the last, most recent, um, third installment of the Neon Genesis film um, series. Like I said, the first series came out in 1997, and films were made subsequently later. Um, But the redo films, the films that were specifically made as uh, screenplays and screen adaptations for the material... Um, you know, was intended to be a tet- tetralogy With the last film released in 2014 and 2015 That has been postponed due to the creator's depression Up until now And then it was delayed with the, uh, lockdown into 2021 So, this has been a long-term project Uh, still in creation, still in, um uh, the process of being finished. So, we have yet to see where this is actually going in terms of the creator's real envision, because it's been singly a sole project since the very start. <coughs> so, we'll get to the plot of the second film. The plot of the second film is You Cannot Advance Evangelion 2.0. You remember, Alex Jones said 2.0 in a bad way. The resuscitated skeleton of the third angel escapes its confinement and tries to break out of Nerve's Arctic Bethany base. But Mari, illustrious, Makanami, a new pilot, launches Evangelion Provisional Unit 05 and destroys the angel by self-destructing the Eva and safely ejecting at the last moment. Meanwhile, Shinji Akari and his father Gendo visit Yuri's grave, Shortly after the 7th Angel attacks, but is quickly dispatched by the newly arrived Unit-02 and its headstrong pilot, Asuka Langley Shikinami. Ryoji Kaji delivers to Gendo a suitcase containing the mysterious Key of Nebuchadnezzar, and notes that the destruction of Unit-05 went as planned. Gendo and Kozu Foyatsaki then visit Nerve's lunar compound. Tabga base, that's right it's a moon base, to view the construction of Evangelion Mark 6 which is noted as being different from the other Evas. They are denied permission to land but briefly see Karuru Nagasi sitting in a space without a spacesuit. During Gendo's absence the 8th angel attacks Tokyo 3. Shinji, Asuka, and Rei kill it in an improvised plan devised by Masato Katsuragi. Both unit 00 and unit 01 are damaged. Gendo returns and asks to have them both repaired, but Seeley only allows the repair of unit 01. In an attempt to heal the relationship between Gendo and Shinji, Rei prepares a dinner party. At the same time, Mari arrives in Tokyo 3. Later, Unit 04 and NERV's U.S. branch are destroyed during an experiment, prompting the U.S. government to send Unit 03 to Tokyo 3. Due to an international agreement that allows no more than three functioning evangelions per country at a time, NERV seals away Unit 02 and schedules a test of Unit 03 on the same day as Ray's dinner party. Asuka volunteers to take Rei's place as the test pilot. Once Asuka activates Unit 3, the Ninth Angel possesses the Eva and goes on a rampage. Shinji pilots Unit 01 but refuses to fight the Angel for fear of harming Asuka who is still trapped inside. Gendo orders the activation of the dummy system which makes Unit 01 autonomous and allows it to savagely destroy Unit 03 crushing the cockpit in its teeth. Emotionally wounded by his father's cold decision, Shinji leaves nerve. Asuka survives but is grievously injured and placed in quarantine for fear of mental contamination by the angel. Shinji heads out of the city, but the tenth angel attacks, so he flees to an emergency shelter. Gendo fails to activate Unit-01 without Shinji, so Mari hijacks Unit-02 and heads out to fight the Angel alone. She <laughs> removes Unit-02's limiters and launches an all-out attack, but the Angel severely damages Unit-02. Ray joins the fight with the damaged Unit-00 and charges at the Angel with a missile. The missile detonates but fails to destroy the Angel. The Angel consumes Unit 00 and integrates it with its own body, allowing it to bypass nerves defenses. Upon seeing Ray consumed along with Unit 00, Shinji rushes to Gendo and asks to pilot Unit 01 again. Shinji fends off the Angel, but before he can defeat it, Unit 01 runs out of power and shuts down. Unit-01 reactivates in Berserk mode in response to Shinji's rage at the loss of Rei. It easily takes down the Angel and Shinji uses the Eva to reach inside the Angel's core to save Rei. Unit-01 then starts transcending its physical boundaries to grant Shinji's wishes. At the moment Shinji retrieves Rei, Unit-01 pulls Unit-00's core out of the Angel. The angel explodes, and its remains along with Unit 00's core are absorbed into Unit 01, fusing them all into one being. Unit 01 then sprouts giant wings of light, and Masato, who has been watching the battle, sees that they are identical to the one she saw during Second Impact. Rutsuko realizes that Eva has become a divine being. Triggering third impact and declares this to be the end of the world. In a post credit scene, a spear shoots down from the moon and impales Unit 01 in the middle of its apotheosis, neutralizing it and stopping third impact. Kaworu then transcends from the moon in Mark 06, saying that this time he will show Shinji true happiness. And that is the very uh, cryptic second film. Now, we'll jump straight to the third film. The end cap of the trilogy. Here are some interesting facts. If you are not convinced about the description um, of it being predictive programming and disclosure. Evangelion 3.0, You Cannot Redo, is titled, Q, Evangelion Shin, or Evangelion, the new movie, Q, where the Q stands for quickening. Do you guys get that? Did you hear that? Its title in Japanese is Evangelion, the new movie, Q. In English, it's Evangelion 3.0. 0, 3. 0. You cannot redo. It was released in 2012. Way, way before Cube was very, very fashionable as it is now. But the letter Q is always. Always had significance for the breakaway civilization and for um, the initiates into the Illuminati that have eyes to see. For a Q clearance is an international security clearance that Majestic 12 initiated through the New World Order in regards to UFO secrecy and the technological, uh, you know, reverse engineering secrecy of different civilian, and, uh, industrial leaders. Okay. So the plot of the third film, you cannot redo, otherwise known as Neon Evangelion Q, is 14 years after the worldwide cataclysm called The Third Impact. Asuka Langley, Shikinami, and Mari Illustrious Makanami, Pilots of the Evangelion mechas retrieve a container from Earth's orbit carrying Evangelion Unit 01 and its pilot, Shinji Akari. When Asuka grabs the container with her Evangelion unit, it releases attack drones. Unit 01 awakens and destroys the drones, then deactivates and descends back to Earth. Saranagasi watches and says he has been waiting for Shinji. Savaged from Unit 01, Shinji is fitted with an explosive choker and sent to Captain Masato Katsuragi, Katsuragi, who now leads WILL, W-I-L-L-E, an organization intent on destroying her previous employer, NERV, N-E-R-V, the paramilitary organization that deploys the Evangelion units. As more drones attack, Masato launches the flying battleship Wunder, W-U-N-D-E-R, the German Wunder. Powered, also Dark Fleet references, really, really heavy in this film. So the battleship is a flying battleship that has anti-gravity propulsion known as Wunder, W-U-N-D-E-R, W u e n d e r, powered by Unit 01 to destroy them. She warns that Shinji will be killed if he pilots any Evangelion units because of the third impact, which has also prevented Shinji and his peers from aging. The other previous occupant of Unit 01, Rei Ayaname, was never found. An Evangelion unit Mark 09 intercepts the Wunda, hearing Rei's voice, Shinji escapes with the units, but Rei takes him to the ruined Nerve headquarters. Gendo Akari, Shinji's father and Nerve's leader, informs him that he is to pilot a new Evangelion, Unit 13, with Kauru. Shinji befriends Kauru as they practice piano duets together, but discover that Rei is unable to remember anything and only follows orders. Kaworu shows Shinji the ruins of Tokyo-3, explaining that Shinji's awakening of Unit-01 caused the third impact. He also reveals that Gendo plans to force humanity's evolution by triggering a mass extinction, removing humanity's individuality, and reuniting with his deceased wife, Yui Ayaname. Gendo's assistant, Kozo Foyotsuki, Invites Shinji to play Shogi and reveals that Yui is within Unit 01 as the control system Rei is one of several clones of Shinji's mother. The Rei who rescued him was only the latest Shinji is distraught by his revelations Kaworu removes Shinji's choker and wears it to gain his trust Shinji and Kaworu pilot Unit 13 on their mission to use the spears of Cassius and Longinus, two ancient weapons to undo third impact. Ray follows in the Mark 9, when Unit 13 attach, uh, reaches the body of the alien life form Lilith. Kaoru realizes that the spears are not what he expected. Kaoru, Asaka, Asuka, and Mari Try, uh, Asuka and Mari try stopping Shinji, but Shinji removes the spears on Gendo's orders. Mark 9 decapitates Mark 6 to release the 12th angel, which is absorbed by Unit 13. The awakened Unit 13 rises into the sky, starting another cataclysm called the Fourth Impact. Kaoru reveals that as the first angel, he is now cast down to the 13th. Ray loses control of Mark 9, which boards Wunder on its own in an attempt to take control of the ship. Ray ejects from her unit, and Asuka blows up her own unit to destroy the Mark 9 to stop the fourth impact. Mari ejects Shinji's cockpit from Unit 13, while Kaoru stabs the unit with the spears and allows the choker to kill him to Shinji's horror. Rescuing Shinji from the cockpit... Asuka lectures him on running away from his problems before dragging him through the remains of Tokyo 3. Ray follows. Now that is the end of the plot summary from part 3. This is more of a visual film, most definitely. Uh, A lot is lost in the translation, merely trying to put to words, but the imagery is second to none when it comes to symbolism and subliminal um, importance, both of the ideas of apocalypse and revelation, but also in fate and destiny and uh, the ideas of purpose and creation. And, um, those concepts cannot be underestimated and understated at all as being, um, too meta or too higher level because by this time you must understand that what is merely visible as the form is not the substance, um... You understand there's a difference between a sculpture made of wood. And a sculpture made of pure white gold. Platinum. And the value of both those sculptures. May, the sculptures may be identically formed and shaped. But the substance is what defines them. And defines the worth. And so as. Seemingly complex as it is. It's concepts are so high concept you know it it's it's such higher level higher tiered metaphysical educate like you know uh rumination and uh expression that um it it borders on surrealism because what is presented ...is merely the thought forms, the dream forms... ...of, you could say, a disembodied human subconscious. Now, I will kind of, I guess, lead into another music break... ...and maybe potentially another commercial... ...um... Probably most definitely uh, be switching up gears in a minute, and we'll be talking about Max Spears, Sarah Rachel Adams, and Thomas Casbolt, and introducing them as in and, and this whole new wave, modern wave of super soldier program, secret space program, breakaway civilization program, disclosure speakers, to, like whistleblowers and eyewitnesses. And the information they presented, and how similar what they presented is to the elements that make up this program, make up this film, make up this intellectual universe, make up the lore and the mythology of Neon Genesis Evangelion. And it is not a coincidence. It's verification. Verification. So, once again, this has been Rumors of War 1987, Flying Solo. Thank you all very much for listening to this point. Uh, here is more lo-fi. You get on their bad side and they'll
2: destroy you. No one
0: Okay, back again. Thank you all very much for your patience. Um, I hope you're enjoying the musical interludes and uh, the song stylings. You know, um, really, if you're watching this on YouTube where they have the comment section or you're watching this um, somewhere where you can um, leave feedback definitely I encourage you to do so tell me what you guys think about the program tell me what you like about it what you don't like about it what you think I need to change about it what you wish there were more there was more of um, along those lines of constructive criticism I remember be safe uh, you know this is a safe space use uh, you know polite language and things like that but definitely um, everyone's encouraged to communicate and join the conversation regarding the program that is. Rumors of Instinct So, having broken down and explained the first three uh, films I can admit that I am eagerly awaiting, excitedly awaiting the release of the fourth film Which is titled 3 Plus 1 Which is very interesting and strange upon itself and very interested in seeing how they play out because I have my predictions regarding my own personal education of the ancient mysteries, what they will try to present and express visually using the poem, the poet ethics of the visual medium that is anime, into explaining to anyone with eyes to see, and I think it will be absolutely the disclosure. ...of the secret space program... ...and it's ultimate destiny... ...a destiny they have already witnessed... ...using the looking glass... ...using, um... ...astral projection and remote viewing... ...using the Ashtar High Commands... ...um... You know abilities to predict the future, and there's just all psychic uh, powers. Like they're very heightened, uh, augmented psychic powers, greater than that of even the greatest of humans uh, are ever capable of. And even um, the calculations of the Gray's supercomputers, as well as other uh, more eclectic and various methods employed by the various intelligent races and species, as well as. Uh, you know, timeline interlopers and visitors guests, if you will, to our own reality Um, I do believe that the disclosure is already occurring to the point now that it is geared towards children And it's geared towards literally anyone with ears to hear Uh, because in 2012 A very strange phenomenon Circa 2012 Before and after, of course Um, there were occurrences There were events and, uh, you know Awakenings, happenings That occurred, occurrences Uh, That helped cement this belief and issue But in 2012 there were several speakers That came out of seemingly thin air And started to make the rounds And become highly uh, vocal And widely distributed For their testimonies and their stories Regarding surviving the secret space program Surviving and becoming 40 veterans And becoming a member of the breakaway civilization these people were uh, mainly oriented or linked to the community known as bases, Miles Johnston's uh, bases project, Bases UK, United Kingdom, a United Kingdom originating um, I guess you call it video compilation and, and productions. Physical conferences for speakers and for lecturers, as well as I guess distributed material for, uh, for the sake of disclosure and just dis- proliferation of uh, testimonies and reports and eyewitness, you know, stories. Um, that's known as bases, B A S E S, and then U uh, K, and that'll be the quick way to find it. I think Miles Johnston bases is its, it's U K is its official name. Um And these three were guests in the um, conventions they were running in the United States, which is when I became aware of them and became aware of this entire phenomenon. And I earnestly mean that, was 2012, because um, I was 24 and I was in the Navy, and, uh, you know, was preoccupied with, I mean, you gotta give me a break, I was 24, I had my experiences already, I was in the midst of my Navy service after college, um, you know, my mind and life were very occupied, I also had a musical, uh, side career, and, um, was also proliferant in, uh, or proficient in, uh, several, you know, both illicit and uh, legitimate hobbies and interests, including um, you know, I lived my life and and I still was drawn to these speakers. It's more of a testimony that I found these speakers at such a young age, at 24, um, than not having known about them beforehand. And, you know, I actually gave them um, an honest and and, and very... um, Um, very uh, esteemed like, I respected them a lot I respected them a lot when they came out and spoke and I heard them for the first time Um, I immediately was drawn to their message which I think is the power of their the truth of their message but it's also why they're such controversial figures is because I wasn't the only one at this time after I would say, let's just say, the schism that happened in the New Age world of the Mayan Apocalypse Prophecy of 2012, in which it's easily defined as the people who believed the world was going to end on December 12th or 21, uh, 2012, and the people who didn't. And it doesn't matter what reasons for other what beliefs and why you believed it, there are basically two camps, and that was the people who believed the world was coming to come to a legitimate end and the people who didn't. And the people who didn't were kind of focused on other things, and they kind of started becoming their own more pronounced identity, especially since all those that did all the figures, the speakers, the lecturers, the conferences, the video producers, the essayists, you know, the sources of influence that had put publicly their um support behind the 2012 Mayan apocalypse theorists were basically they fell out of favor like overnight they were absolutely hoisted uh, out of the city basically if you will like out of town limits, like railed, tarred and uh, feathered and um, there was a a vacuum, a wide opening for people, new people to come in with messages of real uh disclosure, real importance and not doomsaying or sensationalizing or um obvious new new age repackaging and plagiarism of like Don Castanella's um, or I mean Don Juan uh Don Juan's, you know, like um uh, like, old speeches, like, David Icke, et cetera, et cetera, like, they were the ones that came out around this time, as well, uh, really flourishing, because they were able to come up with unique and, uh, inventive perceptions of reality, which were already existed. Like, you know, David Icke did not make up the idea of trans-dimensional inter- like, parasites, um, but he was able to, you know, create messages and speeches and lectures and, you know, video documentaries about it, books. He was able to, you know, express this. He was able to see clearly, like, the, the kind of writing on the wall about that subject. Uh, being a very, uh, being a very interesting individual that deserves his own talk later on about, he also kind of came around the same time, though. Yes, he was there earlier, and yes, this, this is not a new thing, but like I said, these people were there earlier. But this is the era, 2012, where the super soldier program, the secret space program, the disclosure of the breakaway civilization, of extraterrestrials inhabiting Earth, of interdimensional realities, ultra-terrestrials, psychic phenomenon, metaphysical uh, connections to science, black goo, for example, um, conspiracies far and wide on the civic and domestic front, as well as the... Uh, examination of the military industrial complex after the Occupy Wall Street thing so basically the world is right for these messages and at first I watched Sarah Rachel Adams and Sarah Rachel Adams really hooked me into this entire world because she was from Dallas Texas and she was I remember seeing her speak at the Las Vegas or the Dallas Texas uh, basis conference and um. She seemingly came in off the streets and presented an extremely detailed account of being MKUltra'd and uh, ritually abused to the point where she was able to unlock and harness her psychic powers and as a child was used and manipulated to uh, battle UFOs operating in higher dimensional fronts. For the secret space program in the military, um, as a pilot for, like, as, a, as her soul would be, her soul was basically the piloting system, the real energy taken from her would be the piloting system for, I'm assuming, was a dark fleet craft. Um, from the many years I've watched this, I assume that she was actually a ritual slave uh, child indoctrinated illegally. Uh, ...harvested for her RH-negative... ...Aryan bloodline... ...and then... Um, ...basically sold to the Dark Fleet... ...for for maybe one of their many battles... ...against the Saturnine. Um ...but... ...you know... ...her account of being a child slave... ...a child soldier... Uh, ...conscripted to fight... ...on the Astral planes, ...and having that entire experience attempted to be uh, explained away by nightmares and by insanity and that leading to her having a ruined life and a very hard uh, life but at the same time uh, a commitment to this message and expression of um, you know of reality uh, of, of presenting an accurate testimony this was also shared by her compatriots her comrades um Max Spears and Thomas Casbolt slash Michael Prince at this time he was Michael Prince Um, I still have not found out any reason why he changed his name this is where things start getting suspicious but the purpose of these three was I think to disclose this information Because it was the right time to do it. Because the right people would hear it. Now, I understand that figures like James Rink... And uh, Laura Eisenhower... Also came forward around this same time. You know, this was a time of much... um, uh, Disclosure. This was the beginning of the age of disclosure. The decade of disclosure. Uh, And it's still very, very recent. Eight years seems... Both a long and a short time. But that's neither here nor there. Um, but at the time, Max Spears and Thomas Caswell both spoke about being raised as children in government run facilities, I believe in Canada under the control of the English crown monarchy to serve as super soldiers given that they had special abilities regarding um the ability to operate in time, like within time, within quantum uh affectation fields now uh, basically this project was project Ibis like the bird the Ibis bird which is the symbol of the avatar of Toth T H O T H and that this project Ibis was um, kind of at odds with other elements of the New World Order or the Illuminati that knew about it but wanted to thwart the efforts of the English Crown and their operations of controlling um, the farming of children, the employ of slave children, um, I'm assuming to the Dark Fleet, because Thomas Gasbolt would then go on to speak at great lengths about the Dark Fleet's in his operations as a uh, high-ranking agent in that program, a full Illuminati initiate, and ultimately even a uh, breeder of the future generation of children that he would pass on his DNA to help create, uh, to fulfill his soul contract with the Dark Fleet for access out of the program. For For his ability to have liberty outside the program, and to return to earth Uh, basically the deal he obviously had made was to uh, be a bull, a breeding bull uh, and go forth and try to impregnate other um, selected, you know, females like basically A-class females so that their children may be subject to the very same uh, ritual conditioning and abuse and enslavement to the dark fleet that he himself and Max Beers and Sarah Rachel Adams were all subject to. Max Beers. Now, there's some controversy about uh, Thomas Casbolt that uh, I will save for the next episode, which I intend to specifically focus on these three uh, individuals, the message of that they presented, and their affiliation with Miles Johnston and the. I guess we call it the controversial nature of all of these figures. Their uh, histories and careers, I'll kind of lay out, and I'll also explain what they're doing now, which is um, very important to understand the implications and truth for what who their true character really was. Now, famously, everyone knows Max Spears died. In the line of duty. He was killed. um, Pursuing an investigation. Against Michael Aquino. A very high ranking. uh, Satanic. uh, Child MK Ultra. uh, Specialist. Someone who specializes in the higher level. um, Procurement and development of child slaves uh, for use of the breakaway civilization. Uh, you call it a recruiter. A, recruit master, a recruiting master for the SSP when it comes to uh, child, child slaves. Um, in this investigation that occurred I believe around 2017 um, he was killed while in Amsterdam. I want to say Amsterdam, uh, sacrificed by the people he was staying with uh, that he had foolishly trusted. Now, he was obviously still very MK ultrad and still very much under the employ and control of his handlers. Uh, they all were, and they all still probably are. Um, except for Max Beers, who's Killed if you want to believe the cover story, because the body that was provided was also very suspicious, um, having been uh, unrefrigerated and withheld for several weeks against uh, protocol and um, only released after a petition by the mother uh, of Max Spears um, to, to, regarding EU policy and EU law now Max Spears' message of being a child slave and soldier um also hinged around um visiting lunar colonies and Mars colonies via high technology specifically the TR-3B and that was merely the tip of the iceberg because the physical experience of traveling across um, uh, cross-planetary lines into uh, new realms of you know existence such as uh, off-world or lunar colony um, is very much the, the foundation for the secret space program. Now his recovered memory process the the fact that he, he remembered forgetting and he remembered the hypnosis that he was subject to and the fact that his entire life he was basically at the mercy of people who could infiltrate his life and uh, assume control over it through the MKUltra process and his uh, investigations and uh Expressed desire to liberate himself, uh, you know, was very much con- was very much a product of his awareness of this vulnerability. Now, at the surface of it, you have a perfect parallel for characters in Neon Genesis Evangelion, made in 1997, and this, this this trio of disclosure eyewitnesses. Sarah Rachel Adams, SRA. Her initials are Satanic Ritual Abuse, um, by the way. And uh, she is a very interesting character uh, in her own right. And I think I could do an entire show on her, but I'll save her for uh, the bulk of the matter for next week's program. um, So we can have the lion's share. Uh, on that program, undistracted. Um, she is my favorite by far because I said she was the first, but also she is um, quite quite an ambitious and um, and uh, let's just say important to the events that uh, have occurred inside the Secret space program and um, inside the movement of disclosure. Um... You know... And it's been very... It's been a long, strange trip. Let's just say that. It's been a very long, strange trip with her. And, uh... Myself. But, um... Given the fates of them all... Um... Max Beers being deceased... And Thomas Casbalt being in jail... I think reported to have been released... But now, whereabouts unknown... Um maybe recruited and drafted back into off-world, um, service, or maybe just executed and liquidated by the handlers of the powers-to-be because of his, um, you know, um, uh, the fucking up and being caught, to put it very, uh blatantly, to put it very bluntly, um, his transgression, or his debt that he owes them for his transgression, uh, regarding mainstream society. But all three of them had messages of childhood slavery and childhood uh, military service and indoctrination uh, to serve in top secret programs controlled by elite organizations and their whole. Genetic engineering aspect As well as human cloning aspect Is very prominent uh, As is The ancient mystery Religion and the ancient symbolism Of occult You know the ancient The, the use of occult symbolism And ancient occult symbolism at that To um, help You know Designate and uh, identify uh, The programs At this level As well as the implications that they were used and created specifically to combat higher dimensional life forms, otherwise known as extraterrestrials, otherwise known and interpreted as angels from spiritual and religious belief. Now, testimonies like this abound. There are hundreds of t- testimonies like this. My own testimony is very similar to this. Um, my own testi- my own experience, was helped, uh, re- you know, was recovered via help provided by uh, figures like Sarah Rachel Adams and Max Spears and Thomas Casbolt. And I'm not denying the legitimacy of what they said. I in fact, uh, think that their life and times, their destiny, um, the the fates that befell them are very much proof very very much verification of their legitimacy, of their integrity. Thus, I use them as an example to prove that in nineteen ninety seven In Japan, a very, very depressed individual was tasked with creating a cliché one-season-long anime about teenagers and giant robots and managed to channel from the Akashic Records the realities of the secret space program and breakaway civilizations, cloning and exploitation, weaponization of genetically superior children to combat extraterrestrial and interdimensional threats using biomechanoid advanced ele- uh, pieces of technology, advanced weapons that are more alien in design than they are human. so that we may save the world long enough to implement a plan to evolve humanity you destroying the idea of individuality replacing it with unity and the hive mind and creating a new era of master race psychic beings that would be invincible and near god-like God made in man's image and that this story would be ex. The experience, the testimony given by British American individuals was fifteen years later. That is not a Manipulation That is not a hoax That is not uh, The wool being pulled over our eyes This is not gullibility There is So much truth to this And you see it repeated Over and over and over again Now, Max Spears and Thomas Casbolt, I believe, provided just a fraction of their true experiences. Um, they, they had so much to say, they just didn't have enough time to say it, an opportunity to say it. Even though you can make the argument that they were blocked and their memories screened by the hypnosis and by the MK Ultra programming, You know, if someone if someone tells you that they like they're going to draw an iceberg and they only draw you the outline of the iceberg, you know that's just that's that's a better effort than just merely telling you to imagine an iceberg. You know, like the details. I believe were blocked out of their heads, blocked out of their minds for what they were able to tell us was enough to give us the scale and the shape and the, the, the perimeters of what the truth really was that they experienced. Um, this is a good enough time, I guess, to leave this as a cliffhanger for the elements of disclosure found in, uh, our world and our community that I have personally been influenced by and have built my own channel and life mission to help expl- you know, help uh, express and um, explain to those you know unfortunate enough to have learned or heard it. Um, I thank you all very much for your patience. Definitely tune in next week while I'll be speaking about, uh, Sarah Rachel Adams, uh, Max Spears, Thomas Casbolt, Miles Johnston, and others around the 2012 era, the generation of, uh, whistleblowers that came out around 2012 to 2013, specifically centered around the UK bases operation of Miles Johnston. Um... But I do have a deep desire to speak specifically about Sarah Rachel Adams, Max Spears, and Thomas Kasbold, Uh Because new information has been released, uh, new videos have been released by Miles Johnston regarding specific interviews which were lost to the public, that were lost to the... Um, Canon to the portfolio of his interviews, and I'm going to specifically be t- speaking about the information included in those new videos, even though they were filmed years ago. The new unreleased, now newly released materials, the interviews that he pr- that he was uh, um, uh, doing for Miles Johnston during their the height of their uh, collaboration. Um, and how that material um, changes, if at all, the, the legacy of Max Spears, the message of Max Spears. Who, I think, was probably the most influential and uh, important secret space program, breakaway civilization, disclosure, uh, speaker, and whistleblower um, in the last ten years. Now, their message is directly on point with the message that Alex Jones has tried to explain to everyone about the epic uh, cultural masterpiece that is Neon Genesis Evangelion. Now, I have uh, let him come back just to summarize one more time. The the events of this story, which were these, which was the subject of tonight's episode of Rumors of Instinct, um, and I hope he does a job that at least and at last he can be satisfied with. and I guess we're going to close out on this. And another musical interlude, as our exits, as our bows to you, the audience, thank you all very much for your patience, namaste and shalom, iron sharpens iron, and a friend sharpens a friend. I highly recommend Neon Genesis Evangelion as a source of disclosure and an absolute treat and feast for the senses, as well as something to really hit you at the heart and make you think As well as um, grow and and it really does challenge you as an audience member so definitely uh, check out that medium Uh, even if you aren't a fan of it even if it's something completely alien to you um, you know it was Robin Williams favorite anime by the way it was his favorite animated uh, film um, Robin Williams went on record saying that he absolutely loved the sincerity and the deepness of the message. Just so it puts it into some context, that it is an intellectuals and a absolute um, uh, philosophical masterpiece, and uh, the emotionally intelligent, the emotional intelligence of it is uh, second to none. So that's my promotion of it. I'm highly encouraging everyone who has listened to this to check in next week while we talk about uh, Max Spears, Thomas Casbolt, and Sarah Rachel Adams. Um, This has been Rumors of War 1987. This has been Rumors of Instinct, the podcast. Alex Jones is looking at me as if though he's ready to Attack. I don't want that, so we'll get straight into his attempts at explaining the masterpiece that is. Right, let me give my best of. Please.
1: Deep research approximation once again. What do you think? The elite are all about transcendence and living forever and the secrets of the universe, and they want to know all this. And we're on this planet. And it's trying to get up into the third dimension that's just a basic level consciousness to launch into the next levels. And our species is already way up at the fifth, sixth dimension, consciously, our best people. But there's this big war trying to, like, basically destroy humanity because humanity has free will, and there's a decision to which level we want to go to. We have free will, so evil's allowed to come and contend, not just good. And the elites themselves believe they're racing We're using human technology to try to take our best minds and build some type of breakaway civilization where they're going to merge with machines, transcend, and break away from the failed species that is man. And so... Google was set up 18, 19 years ago. This was I knew about this before it was declassified. I'm just saying I have good sources. That they wanted to build a giant artificial system. And Google believes that the first artificial intelligence will be the hive mind of humanity with billions of people wired into it with the Internet of Things. And so all of our thoughts go into it. And so then it's the end of consciousness and free will for individuals, as we know. And a true 2.0 in a very bad way, hive mind consciousness. There's now a human counter strike taking place to shut this off before it gets fully into place and to block these systems and to try to have an actual debate about where humanity goes and cut off the pedophiles and psychic vampires that are control of this AI system before humanity is destroyed. Wait, the fallen one that's out of this world is giving them advanced knowledge what about are how to construct you know, what these is, systems what that have that? already been used before on other populations. This is an interdimensional force that wants to influence us to build something that absorbs us and kills us rather than the divine uh, uh, free will we're given to build something much better that empowers the, the species. What the elite admit the New York Times they believe in is this, you know, uh, seeded by off-world systems. Yes, everything Everything they're doing points towards this, and then you read their own writings. They believe we're this ugly, fallen, ugly species. We're all going to be killed. They're the rich billionaires who are better than us, and they're going to merge with machines and become gods and go to the next level. No. Are you ready? Come on, Daddy. <laughs>